Welcome to episode six of Trills Talk with Sam. This episode is working smarter and not harder. And today I have on El Uzo. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This episode is for people who are, of course, my creatives, entrepreneurs, dreamers. I've made a couple episodes dedicated to you. And this one is as well. Um, this is for those of us that are working your standard nine to five or maybe longer, but still trying to balance your creativity, trying to balance, you know, working and doing all the things that you need to do to generate your income and your stability while you work on your true gift or your true job. So this episode is for you. Um, but before we dig any deeper... Elle, if you want to introduce yourself, just a little bit about you. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. I'm Elle. <clears throat> I'm Sam's friend. And I am a creative. I can just put it that way. Um, I have written a book. I design jewelry. Um, I do a lot of different things. I like to actually refer to them as hobbies. I don't really use the term work or career anymore simply because I like a more free-flowing, you know, title. So I'm a creative um, and I am just exploring all of my different talents and skills and interests. And currently I'm designing jewelry um, and working on my second book, which I'll probably read. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much my profile. I'm just going to say, like, I really, I don't want people to think I'm biased because I'm not. Like, I'll tell the truth. If if we're cool, we're family, and there's something that you do that I don't I don't think is the best, then I won't, I won't lie to you. I hope that sounds right. But what I'm trying to say is that even though we're friends, I think that Elle is one of the most creative people that I've ever met. She's super artistic. <laughs> Her jewelry is actually really good. One time, I meant to tell you this the other day. I think you designed like a bag or you were designing bags. When I tell you, that looks like something that I would see like at a town center somewhere, like in a shop. Thank you. Price not, yeah, you're welcome. And it's the truth. Like talent is talent. A gift is a gift. A thing's a thing. And I'm just going to tell you that anything that she makes, it looks amazing so thank you sam you're welcome you, i mean sam. it at the end of this episode or if you want to look in the details you'll be able to see her instagram handle so you can look at some of her work and shop by black thanks so <laughs> please do that because i promise you you're gonna find some really dope stuff so before so besides us being friends we also have oh, a, yes. we also have another common um, space that we share, and that is jobs. Ironically, kind of one of the reasons why I feel like she would be a good person to do this episode with. We have worked on a total of three jobs together over the course of knowing each other, uh, each other over the course of the last few years. Um, the first one was Best Buy, so retail you know how retail is like it's, it is it's, what it is it is, what it is. <laughs> you know like that's either somebody's part-time somebody's full-time some people do a seasonal like 
everyone for the most part has done retail. Um, I was in mobile. You were in home theater. Home theater. Always. So that's how we knew each other. Um, we also had like a mutual friend outside of the same job. So yeah. we hung out a few times outside of work. And then we got cool on social media, of course. And then after that, the second one was, um, it was hospitality. I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> it's unnecessary to say the name because it's irrelevant. It's so irrelevant. <laughs> it's a place where... Mm, you can extend your stay if you need to. <laughs> you can come up with, you, you can guess which one, but we worked at a said hotel together. Um, that was when I knew that I never wanted to do that again. One of the many jobs I had where I was like, I got to really move smarter when it comes to where I'm investing my energy to get my coin while I'm working on my other, my real dreams because... That was a whole headache. Mm. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was a headache. It was a chest pain. <laughs> it was an anxiety attack. Girl, it was too much. I was just about to say it yes. was a panic attack. Very much panic attack. And not because of the actual brand itself, but it was more so the management that we had. Good point. You notice usually it's not the company. It's usually the people mm -hmm. that you're working with in the way that they run the company. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's very much, it was very much that. So not having enough people, staff, and not having enough... Anything. Whatever you could think of that you need to run a hotel. Not enough. Not enough of that. We didn't even have enough muffins for breakfast in the morning for people. <laughs> Just Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, literally. So because of that, um, I had to not only be an office manager, but I also had to be a front desk person as well as a housekeeper as well as a maintenance man. Like, I was, <laughs> I was everything, like everything. And that caused a lot of stress, of course. So I would say the best part about being there was the fact that I had Elle there. It's like having a friend that you can talk to and laugh with and see, like, even though there was no possible way to see the best of something working there, <laughs> you know, like, we, I wasn't alone. So we support weren't alone. System. Exactly. Um, even down to, when I say support system, very much literally helping each other, like, literally. Rooms. Literally. <laughs> like, she would text me, hey, sis, I'm out of pillows up here. Hey, right. Sis, this room is having this issue. And really, honestly, teamwork did make the dream work, but it was way too much. You know what I'm going to say real quick? I like to think about people who, I don't want to call them trash men. What is the official um, term for people that dump the trash and stuff? They make a lot of money to I, deal with that. I like to call them... Oh, sanitation, waste, sanitation workers. workers. There we go. That's proper. Yes. They make a lot of money to deal with that type right. of environment but when you're not that. dealing when you're not making enough to deal with what you're dealing with mm -hmm. a lot of times you look like why am i here like what am i doing here i'm curious why you say that how much do sanitate sanitation a lot of them have? make over 6k i know like a lot of the ones in new york make well over six figures i don't know about in virginia though but they make a lot to deal with trash right so okay, for Virginia, it's anywhere between twenty four thousand to forty thousand a year. Ooh. 
So put it like this. I was nowhere near exceeding that amount for the shit that I had to deal with. When it nowhere comes to Samson. Neither of us were. There was just not enough. Coinage. No. <laughs> the check wasn't big enough for the trash needed to be picked up. Mm. So it was that. And then it's like. Neither one of us were social workers, yet we had cases. Oh, my God. Neither of us were social workers, but we had too many cases. Too many cases. I use that. Too many. Like, that's a real nice way of saying. That's the Libra way of saying. They had us messed up so many times. Like, sanitation worker, social worker. Um. Wow. What else was I? I hate to say it like this. I don't want to say it. I'm going to find a, a way to be politically correct. We also had a lot of people that were sent there by social services or by the state that were either suffering from some sort of mental health issues or, you know what I mean? Like they'll put them in the hotel room for a few days. Maybe it'll be. Someone is both on drugs and mental health issues in and out of facilities. So sometimes social workers would go on like Priceline or something, yeah. book rooms for these people to stay. And it's like, I'm not saying they don't deserve a roof over their head because they do. What I'm saying is that when it's a hotel, especially, see, I was not to expose them. <laughs> in the part of Virginia where there was a town center and lots of businesses and, you know, not the type of area where that type of hotel would thrive. I could say it that way. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> very much that. Put it like this. It was like putting a Super 8 in the middle of Beverly Hills. Like it is. Yes. Perfect description. And that's how they finessed me into getting that job in the first place. I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to get in a hospitality management, you know, nice this area. area. Nope. Short pump. <laughs> they don't know what you're <laughs> It's a hotel near Short Pump that I thought would have been different because of the surroundings, but it wasn't. So back to these people that they put in the hotel room, I had to deal with the things that would go on there. Lots of things. You name it. I'm also not an undercover officer. I don't get paid to bust prostitution rings. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so we had a lot going on. A lot. Do you remember the room all the way on like the other side? I think that it was... Were there cats involved? A woman of the night situation. Remember I had oh, to clean that room? Remember oh, I got sick afterwards? Yeah. That's what I mean by saying it's not, it wasn't our job to bust a prostitution ring because we literally had way too many situations. But we had one, she was a little notorious. Okay, story time. So, because <laughs> I know y'all like, well, what happened? I just remember when she came, she checked in and she was with a guy. I assume husband and wife or friends or whatever. She said it was her husband. That was actually her pimp. She checked in and basically, not to disrespect sex workers and their hustle, but she was booked and busy. And that's too many people in and out of the parking lot. 
that's too many people in and out of these rooms. You know, no, I'm not trying to violate her, but it's like we have this is supposed to be like a family friendly hotel. So you you know what I mean? Like certain men that pay for prostitutes aren't necessarily the men that you want around women, period, sometimes. It just depends. You know what I'm saying? So those type of people are coming in droves because she's she set up shop. so you know put it like this there was a lot of sheets and towels that was just I didn't have enough for everybody staying at the hotel and for this small business that she was running I just didn't have enough and it was a lot it was a lot that the energy of that room it didn't feel good to my bones and that's why I got sick that's exactly why I got sick. You don't say joke. But to continue with that, um, you know, just being in that environment and then getting sick that same day, because I know by the time I got off work and got home, I was completely sick. And then having to go to work the next day, but I couldn't, I was just thinking like, like it's I, I've only been at this job. I think this was I think I started the beginning of January and I wanna say this was like the end of January. But I was just thinking like, you know what, this is ridiculous how I'm at this job and there's something about the job making me sick. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like where you're out and about enjoying yourself and you just don't have to catch a cold. Yeah. It's just being in that environment. I don't know what was going on in that room, but the fact that it made me physically sick, I was like even then, I was thinking I should quit, but I was like, no, I just started. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want sis to be mad at me. But I was just thinking, like, dang, that's crazy when a job can actually physically make you sick mm-hmm. just because of whatever was going on in that room. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. I don't know what it was. So of course, they were mad about me not being able to come in, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, well, it's not like I did it to myself. Obviously, a lot of times it was employers that, that she was about to name. Yeah, a lot yeah. of times employers don't believe you when you're sick. But my thing is, if you know the environment, you mm-hmm. anything can happen. You know what's going on here, so anything can happen. That said, manager that gave you that hard time was barely on that property themselves because they weren't feeling well either. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, in some sort of way, and this ties exact like directly into why we're making this episode. If you're not careful about the environments that you're getting your money in while you're trying to be a creative, it's going to be difficult. It can seriously block you or hinder you. Um, Because I definitely, I didn't necessarily get the same type of health issue, but I started getting a lot of internal anxiety as well as chest pain. I didn't have that before. I wasn't even really straining my body, but in a way I sort of was. And I also expected to be able to focus on outside goals when I had no energy left. None of us did. But the significance about this said hotel that we worked at was right around that time, and we talked about this the first time we recorded, right around that time Black Panther came out. And also I think that was the same time you had showed me this video um, of Oprah talking about when she got the part for The Color Purple. So for those of you... I guess for Gen Z or people that are much younger and don't know Oprah's beginnings, 
she started out acting, I want to say. Well, no, she, she started, started out, out in as a news, news reporter, reporter, and then, but what she really wanted to do was act. Yeah. So once again, that's another example of a creative or a multi-hyphenate working, which you would say is like a regular job or like, you know, uh-huh. standard everyday role, but that wasn't where Oprah wanted to be. Right. That was just, this is my way of getting on TV, which is what I want. Yeah. So. Which what what Elle shared with me is that she basically was talking about how she pretty much manifested that role. She did. I she think heard the book about came the book. first. Yeah, she read the book. Mm-hmm. The story, Miss um, Seeley, was very similar to a lot of stuff that she experienced when she was the same age of you know, mm-hmm. and then she found out about the role. She auditioned. She thought that she wasn't going to get it because of the feedback that they gave her. And then she just prayed and she released it. Like, she just surrendered. Mm. She prayed. Mm. And she was just like, I don't know. I forgot what she said in that video. But basically, she was saying, you know, I thought this role was for me. It seemed perfect. It seemed like I was going to get it. But they're telling me that I'm not get what I'm not getting it. So, but she wanted to be, she didn't want to be bitter about it. So, mm-hmm. she just prayed and prayed and, you know, God, please help me to release this. Help me let it go. And she said that when she was out there praying, she got that phone call that she got the part. And listening, watching that video while I was cleaning up, and then you having your experience with Black Panther and the interviews of Chadwick Boseman talking about how he got that part. Isn't it interesting how we both were influenced similarly around that same time? I just thought about that. But, you know, you and I were both sharing those experiences, and it was just... And it's just so funny because that day, I remember that day. I want to say it was raining that day. You and I were both, it was one of those times where we thought that we were trying to be slick and clean quicker. So we were going from room to room together. Yeah. It was one of those days. Mm -hmm. And we were in a room. I think it was raining. And I was already feeling dreary. But we were talking about that. I sent you the video. And then you were talking about um, Black Panther. And I was just thinking, like, like, what are we doing here? Girl. What are either of us doing here? Because we're clearly... It's one thing to be somewhere because you you already have something on the side that's built up and you're just using the income to support this dream. Mm-hmm. But when you don't even have time to build this creative thing up mm-hmm. and you're not making enough money to even like really lay the foundation, then you really be sitting there like... What am I doing? Like, how much longer is this going to take? Because yes. there are some people that they have the foundation laid out and they, they're, you know, they look up and they say, you know, what? I'm going to give it a good year. By the end of the year, I'm going to be able to leave this job. But what happens when you don't even have enough time to lay the foundation properly? The, the energy, the time, the money. So what are you supposed to do? Just give yes. the dream up? Because that's what so many people do. So many people just give the dream up. Because that's what I was initially doing a few years ago. Trying to lay the foundation for a business, not having enough energy, not having enough funds. So then I was like, well, I'm going to have to get a second job to provide, um, you know, the financial support for my dream. But then I was like, I don't have the energy. I I wasn't sleeping already dealing with insomnia. Mm -hmm. Little did I know where that was coming from back then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I wasn't sleeping. And then the times when I was off, I was just trying to catch my breath. Mm-hmm. So, the first time we tried to record this, when I was talking about, you know, the uh, the motivational speakers, and I 
motivational because they don't motivate me the way that I thought mm. they were. Um, the gurus. That whole I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, if you if you're sleeping, you don't want it bad enough and you mm. when you get off your full time job, you should be working on your business full time. I was trying. Mm-hmm. I really was trying. And I was like, dang, is there something wrong with me? Because I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah. Thinking something's wrong with me, not thinking, no, there's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with this this model. Something mm-hmm. is wrong with this. So, um, that's when I really started to question, like, what are my values? Because if the only thing that I need from a job is money, that's not enough for me to do- to, to dedicate 40, 40 plus hours yes. every single week to a job. Now, some people might be hearing this and be like, what? Money is everything. That's not everything to me. Come to find out. It's not everything, period. It's not everything, period. Yes. That, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we came to say. (laughs) Good night. We'll be here all week. But no, but for real, like, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to do this episode for because the same realization that you had, I was having it over and over again, just going through the same cycle, thinking I can give my all to this job. All, when I say my all, my time, my energy, everything, and still have time to invest in what it is that I want to do. No, you cannot, beloved. You can't do that. Now, you can find something that takes less energy. This is the whole point of this is where the working smarter comes in and not harder again. Yes. You have to find something, because I get it. Income is important or a key factor in taking care of your needs. But when you change your language and really change your posture when it comes to how you look at it, then you'll see yourself really starting to really manifest what you're looking for, which is the income you need to sustain. You don't want to say, I need money to pay my bills because you're going to get just that. I need to generate an abundance of income to be able to meet my financial, like, you know, investments or whatever it is that I'm doing. Don't say your bill. Or you can even say your financial obligations. But don't say I need enough to pay my bills because you're going to get that and not a dollar more, a dollar less. I just got to that point where I realized that is not enough. I need to find something. So, for example... On the first time that we had this conversation, we talked about contracts, just as an example. You can find you a slight contract, six, nine months, a year, however long you want it to be, where you're doing something that is easy for you. And when I say easy, quick example, I took a contract with UPS doing like administrative work. So processing new hires, filing people's um, the like employee file or whatever that would take me, I don't know, an hour or two. Mm-hmm. But it was something I could listen to music while I was doing that. Mm. I would have my headphones in, minding my business, and I had energy to do other things outside of work. Yes, that's what I like. What you just said about you know using the appropriate language so that you can actually get exactly what it is what you that you want. Because back then I used to always just say, oh, well, I just need a job to support. To um to financially support me building my side um venture, but support is way more than just money. But that mm-hmm. was what I was focusing on. Support is flexibility. Yes, I didn't have that. <laughs> support is 
you know, if I do need to take some some time off during the during business hours, I should be able to do that and maybe still be you know be able to come back to work. Didn't have that, mm-hmm. so then I started to think like, well, what exactly do I really need in order to build something? to build my dream and have a, a stable foundation. And that's when I started thinking about, well, dang, I need, I actually need, need a lot, not just money. Actually, money isn't even the number one thing that I need. Mm-hmm. I need time, <laughs> energy, I need proper rest. I need to be in a, a, a good head space because I believe in energy, you know, not to get spiritual, but I do believe in, you know, being in, a good headspace to create whatever it is that you're creating. It's like if you if you're having a terrible day and you try to cook a meal, the meal may not turn out good. Right. I mean that's just my belief. So um, there would be a lot of times where I would be trying to make earrings and I would be messing up, or I would try to make handbags and then I would, I was messing so much up, so much, and I was, you know, ruining, wasting, not wasting supplies, but being that I was making so many mistakes, sometimes when you make mistakes, you just have to scrap the whole thing and start all over. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was spending so much money. And that's one of the reasons why I did get the second job. Mm-hmm. But then once I started getting that second job, I got lost because I'm like, well, I got the second job for the income, mm-hmm. but now I don't have the energy or the time to do what I got the second job for. Right. So what am I doing? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And then I experienced burned out. I was, I was completely burned out to the point where I had to leave both jobs. Yeah. I mean, I was that burned out. That can happen. And a lot of people beat themselves up when they experience burnout. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling burnt out right now, it's... I'm going to say it's not your fault. But at the same time, that should be... A lesson on investing your energy wisely. It can happen to all of us, especially when you're money focused. Yeah. You thinking, I'm getting this money. Like, for example, the last job I had before I switched to working from home was in Innsbruck. That's 45 minutes away from where I live without the traffic. So I would spend, I would leave my house at 7 and still stand a chance of getting there past 830, which was what time I had to be at work. Like, doing that, and then that was morning. Morning was the breeze, even with traffic. Yeah. Going home from the yes. west end of Richmond back to where I live, like, I honestly, for I don't care. For those few coins. Else. For those few coins, exactly. And they wasn't even paying me. For those that listened to the last episode I did when I talked about this job, they weren't even paying me what I was worth because I didn't have my degree. And I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, I should have said in that moment, this is not worth me investing my energy and the miles in my car. Right. And you know what I mean? My mental health. So I I would be so tired, like, coming home in the evenings. Not going to lie, y'all. A tear or two would shed, depending on how long I'm in traffic. Like, yeah. I would be in the car, just tears coming on my face. I was too. so tired. I was too, sis. I was. So if you, if you crying in the car right now because you're tired, we feel you. We've been there. But... Honestly, look within and see what is going to work best for me so I can create. Another reason, I think another reason why I was crying like that is because my heart and soul knew that I wanted to be creating and that I needed more freedom. I was a caged bird, like literally a caged eagle, like going in 
to this corporate environment, giving them 8.30 to 5, stopping by the gym, going home. That's it. And repeat. 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 Like, every week. So it's like, and then it's like, well, you was off on weekends, or I might be off on weekends. True. But aren't you tired? Don't let you go on a trip. Absolutely. So it's like, burnout is is a human reaction. Like, don't feel like you're weak or you're not made for this because you're experiencing burnout. However, again, you have to choose your energy wisely. So when I had that quick little contract a few years ago, the first time I did an HR contract, I should have known that was what I should be doing in order for me to be in a better headspace mm-hmm. and also be in a better position to create to be in a better position to choose my own path. Flexibility is important, and I'm really glad you said that. Like, yeah. When you're looking for the next thing, as you start to, gener- to generate multiple streams of income, you have to think about everything you need, not just money. Yes. So I'm glad you said that. Like that's, that's working smarter and not harder. And even if you're not necessarily looking to be an entrepreneur, but you want time just to enjoy hobbies or things that you like to do. Yeah. Because it's not for everybody and that's that's okay. That's if we were all the same, then that's a boring world. If you want to have your, your nine to five, but you want to be able to have a life outside of it, the same rule applies. That job has to give you what you need. You need that support to be able to like one thing I could say about the last job I had, even though I don't think I was extended that same grace. Mm-hmm. Everyone else would be able to take vacations two weeks, three weeks, go out of town, go out of the country. And I always love that about that culture. Like you have to work for a place that's going to understand breaks. Mental health days. Some days yeah. you need to take those. If you get up in the morning, you're just not feeling it, you need to rest. So you feel like burnout, like, y'all, I really need sleep, but I got one more day to work this week. No. Even if it's Wednesday in the middle of the week, take that mental health day. Go do something you enjoy or just simply rest. You cannot work yourself down to the bone and expect to either be able to enjoy your hobbies outside of work or be able to take an entrepreneurial or a creative path. You can't, you got to choose one, basically. I think it's also important to um, really make sure you are honest with yourself about what your core values are. Because if your only core value that you are aware of, because a lot of times we think we know, but we don't actually have a sit-down conversation with ourselves. But there are a lot of people that, to them, they feel like, well, they're under the illusion that core values are food, clothing, and shelter. Mm-hmm. Those aren't necessary. Those aren't core values. Those are necessities. But right. those are super basic necessities. Mm-hmm. One of my core values is well-being. You know, just being in a general space of well-being. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that goes with that. One of the things that I have always wanted to do is grow my own food. And I wanted to start years ago, but didn't have the time. Um, And then I started to think like, so at what point in my life am I really supposed to really invest in in hobbies Mm -hmm. and things that I really love? Am I supposed to wait until I retire? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people wait until they retire and then six months after they retire, a lot of them die. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be that. Mm -mm. 
I don't want to be that. There are so many people that they just they put everything off. Well, I'll I'll do that someday. I'll do that someday. Someone that I used to work with, his dream was always to open up a restaurant. And the reason why he started working there was because he, he needed the capital. Well, 20 years later, he still hadn't opened it. And I was just like, well, when are you going to do it? I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to do it one day. Oh, my God. When is one day? You when know, is one day? Girl, that's a nightmare. <laughs> I wonder how many chances, or how, I won't say chances, but how many opportunities cross his path and did fear set in? Did um, uncertainty set in? And it's like, did the idea that oh I'm not ready yet? Yeah, not ready. Or did someone talk you talk him out of it? It's just so many things that could happen, and it's like it makes me really sad because when you said that he started working there to get the capital, it's like side note: working to save your own money to invest in yourself is always good, but there are resources out there for you to get the money. I really like. I I want to make a point to say that every time I have a conversation conversation about. Um, small businesses or entrepreneurship. There, so don't I go to the just apply for a business grant. Don't go to the small business development center that I went to. <laughs> I did a YouTube, my first YouTube video. I put up for the podcast. I talked about my experience with that. But anyway, don't let Squidward help you because her spirit was not right. She was so discouraging. But <laughs> for real, y'all, like I was like, oh my god, I'm about to cry. <laughs> but see, she even the world, but see, if, even even though she made you feel like that in that moment, fortunately, you're a headstrong person because you're you're you continue forward. Mm -hmm. But think about someone who doesn't have that same. That's confidence. what bothers me. I hope, honestly, I sincerely hope. That that was the last time that she did that to someone. Because, like you said, there are people who are not strong enough. There are people who are fragile, and and rightfully so, to where they think that in that moment they're going to get an answer or hear something that's going to help them, and they get discouraged instead. And that's the end. That's the dream killer. Yeah. So I hope that she's honestly, not to be all spiritual, but karmically... I wouldn't keep doing that to people. I wouldn't, you know, I would try my best to be honest and be kind of realistic with people. Yeah. But I would try my best to help them and give them some sort of avenue rather than just shoot down every aspect of them. Getting or, anywhere. Or she could keep her personal opinions to herself because that's, that's not why you went there. Thank you. I didn't ask. I didn't call didn't you ask. outside of work. It's your job to give me resources. Right. But not to discourage y'all. We digress. We digress. <laughs> we digress. The best thing to do is to just Google is your friend. I say that all the time. Just look up small business grants. Look up um, angel investors. Look up um, nonprofits that might invest, especially if you are a... Um, black woman, woman of color, yes. um, minority, you know, yeah. it's it's something for everybody out there. It may be, you also, know. Also, um, join business and marketing. Yes. Because a lot of people in there 
have received startup funds and mm-hmm. they're always giving away information. Are you are yeah. you have to do post hey, did anyone actually start their business on someone else's dime? Mm-hmm. You know, did you get a grant? And a lot of people are so helpful. And yeah. social media. I found out about that business grant from Instagram. Just being on Instagram. The resources are out there, y'all. Especially now that we are in the age of technology. You can get on the internet. For now, while the internet is free, utilize it. Yes. And I'm telling you, like, saving your money is good. It's always good to have money up front. But I'm telling you, so many people who have started businesses or had someone invest in their brands. And they really, like... They didn't really have to go out of their pocket for much of anything. If you're somebody out there believes in your dreams, somebody out there believes in your talent, somebody out there will write you the check. So don't don't carry that load and don't let that job make you feel indebted to them because you need it from them. Your job, nine times out of ten, is not going to be the one that or the, the source that um, invests invest in you. Yeah. Like that's that's not how it's gonna go nine times out of ten. So unless it's like a small amount, you need less than a thousand. If you need more than that, don't let that number scare you. Absolutely. Um most importantly because again when you're thinking about working hard and not working smart, it's so easy to get trapped in a job like like Elle just shared about the coworker that ended up staying years when his whole goal coming there in the first place was to get money to invest in himself. But you know what I do want to say? Don't want to get spiritual. But um, I feel like what got him is he started climbing up the ladder and the money mm-hmm. started getting better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't want to say the devil, but you know they say I mean, the devil can tempt you. Yeah, you know? tall thing a thing. It is, and I feel like if you are put on this earth to do something, not saying that I know his life path, but I feel like if you have a passion and then something is constantly taking you from that, like at what point do you say, you know what, this looks good, Mm -hmm. but is it actually good? Because the environment was very, very demanding, very stressful. Um, I mean, it was just a lot. Um, so a lot of times in those environments, they do pretty much kind of try to pay you a lot because they know how stressful it is. Yeah. But I was just thinking like, like the money, every single time he said that he would be on his way to, to be out and to start, Mm -hmm. like he would get a promotion and it would keep him there because he would be like, oh, well, I'm making more money. This will give me enough, um, you know, enough time to save more because now I'm making more money. Well, you're there 20 years later. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole devil. But anyway, back to... It's very much the devil. <laughs> very much. Um, that is exactly why I quit sales and never went back. I just remember, this is my last dealership job. We had like a sales meeting and... I'm not going to say we've never had good sales meetings where they actually motivate us and, you know, give every the team compliments. But for the most part, it was... Not the nicest meetings, um, very much dictator style, like, <laughs> very much, overseer. I'm going to, very much overseer vibes, like, oh, no. very much, I'm going to speak fair into you, like, you're going to go out there and oh. just have y'all suck, 
all kinds of things, girl. So this particular, this particular meeting we had, I will never forget it, March, ironically, of 2019. One of the managers basically was telling us something about they're going to be on us every hour to see how many phone calls we made, you know, like checking our stats. How many, you know, what is your closing rate looking like? Like going to be riding us until they see what they want to see. Girl, I left out of that meeting. I cracked open that laptop. I get this. I went to Notepad. I didn't even go to Microsoft Word. <laughs> it typed my resignation letter. Yes. I, you can have this. Yes. God bless. My GM was God like, bless. what you going to do? He was like, what you going to do after this? That whole response of well, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You know, that's how you know that we society, the citizens that work for these companies, like we have really given them the upper hand to where they know that they can treat you any old kind of way and you're either not going to quit or you're going to quit and come back. Because a lot of times people do that. Yeah. And they, they, they know that they can talk to you any, any kind of way. They can give you pennies. They can, they can do that because they're like, well, what are they going to do? Mm. What are they going to do? Well, I mean, they effed around and found out because, yeah. like I said, I typed up that letter. Told them, God bless. The question was asked, what you going to do after this? Honestly, I mean, I didn't lie. I did actually go and do real estate school. But it's like, I mean, it's really none of your business what I'm going to do. But what business. I'm going to do is I'm going to be free from this. Out there, uh, damn, I'm gonna say free from this dictatorship. That's how I felt that it was. I'm gonna be free, free from slave. I'm leaving the plantation, and you're not gonna stop me. That's really how I felt. Like, I, I literally said bye. Ooh. No, I didn't have a job lined up. No, I didn't know what I was gonna do next. Yes, I still have more lessons to learn about stability and being wise with my decisions, but I still don't regret leaving abruptly the way I did because. I knew next thing I know, I was going to be there a few more months to another year. And that wasn't the reason why I went back. I went back to the dealership because the previous HR contract that I had ended sooner than I expected it to. So I was thinking, I'm going to get this money and then I'm going to yeah. study you know, real estate only for me to be there way longer than I was supposed to. Right. So yeah, after that I was like, nah, I can't tolerate this from I'm a I'm a whole adult. Yeah. With the time, energy, and the ability to choose a better path for myself where I'll actually be happy. So yeah, I mean definitely have something lined up if the job you feel like you're working is not serving you and where you want to be right now. But don't feel bad for choosing yourself at the end of the day because Again, like we said, burnout is real. And, yeah, you really got to work smarter. Especially if you're a creative. Like, I'm a firm believer that in order... Like, I think very very deeply when it comes to creation. And I feel like, like you really have to be in that creative, energetic mm -hmm. space. And when you're not, it can really ruin whatever it is that you're trying to create. Yes. So it's just like, what do you do? Because if you're, again, if you're put on this earth to, to fulfill a particular purpose, let's say you're someone who is, you know, someone who's supposed to serve, help help others overcome something like a health um, issue or just anything. And, you know, that's your God-given purpose. And you have so many things hindering you from doing that. 
what do you do? Like, you have to make a decision at some point in your life. You really have to sit down with yourself and be like, was I put on this earth to work this nine to five? Mm -hmm. Was that really why I was born? Like, mm. were we really born to do that? Mm -mm. No. Yeah, it's your livelihood. You have to support your livelihood. But there's so many ways to do that. And I just feel like, I just feel like your life purpose is something that's sacred. And if you're not fulfilling it, it's a lot of time wasted. Very much that. It's it a lot really of time is. wasted. I like that you said that. It is sacred. It's so. very sacred. And we just be playing with it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. Or I'll do it when I save up enough money. Or I'll do it when... The time is now. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be perfect. But you got to start. Mm -hmm. You have to start. Because that's pretty much with every... I mean, damn near every brand that we all buy... They just started. Regardless mm -hmm. of whether they came from a wealthy family or not, they started. Mm -hmm. They had to start. And it wasn't perfect. There was a post that I saw on Instagram with this guy. Um, he posted a screenshot of how the Simpsons used to look <laughs> back in the 80s. And yeah. it was it's hilarious. But mm -hmm. then I was looking at it like, you know what? That's true. Yeah. That's true. They're animators. I don't know whether they were fresh out of college. I don't know. But they started. And mm -hmm. the Simpsons been on for what? older than me I'm 33 but they had to start and I feel like a lot of times that's another reason why we just we hold back because we're like oh it's not perfect yet mm -hmm. or it doesn't have to be you don't have to have thousands of dollars to start your business you don't have to have that so if you're working a lot because you're trying to gain capital well have you actually sat down and, and written out of what you actually need right because you may not need that much or you may not need that much right now. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe right now all you need is a laptop or a microphone or, you know, something just to get started. Because mm -hmm. that's another thing with me. I was thinking, you know, looking at the whole picture and thinking that I needed all the parts, like all at once. I didn't need all of that mm -hmm. all at once. Um, so I feel like that's another tip. Like, you really have to sit down and figure out what it is that you need. Yeah. What do you need and how much do you need in order to get what it is that you need? Mm -hmm. um, and there was another lady that I was watching on YouTube. She was talking about, um, you know, basically saying, do you know how much you actually need to live a really good life? Because a lot of people will just throw a random number out there. But there was a study and I think she said the average person really only needs about, I think she said 50,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because people actually sat down and wrote all of the stuff that they needed, you know, groceries and things of that nature. And um, I think it was like after taxes or something like that. Um, you really only needed like a certain amount. It was less than six figures. That was pretty much the point of it. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking like, wow, that's interesting. You know, we work hard and we try to get all these jobs and we're trying to make millions of dollars, but really we don't even really need that much. Right. So I feel like a lot of times we bite off more than we can chew. For no reason. Definitely for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. Definitely for no reason. I didn't start seeing it that way until really recently. Like, I feel like quarantine, having to sit through most of 2020 in the house, and not just in the house, but with yourself. Yeah. I really got that realization from a lot of self-reflection. Yeah. Just really looking at what matters to me. What do I really need? So, you're right. Like, it's... 
we don't need nearly a third of as much as we think that we do. Yeah, it's good to have, you know, you want to have nice things, obviously. Yes, I want to check. But But as far as like the stuff that we, because I think it's different needs and wants. And a lot of times we treat all of our wants as if they're needs. Mm -hmm. And then we, that's when we get to the burnout, you know, because we're like, oh, I don't have this yet. And oh my God, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. But when you get it, you can't even really enjoy it. Right. Because you're so exhausted. It's like people that buy those really expensive houses, but they're never home. They can't even enjoy it because they're always at work. Yeah. Well, I. (laughs) that's another episode. It It is. It is. That's true. It's like we really feel like everybody in the whole world is just doing too much. We are. But life becomes easier when you realize that because it's so much, it's a lot less resisting when to change or resisting to, um, I don't know, just like the flow of life. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like a lot of times when you're in your creative element and in your purpose, I feel like once you're really like on that path, then you probably start thinking like, well, what was I doing before? Why was I doing all that before? Mm-hmm. Like, I was really, I was in the rat race for nothing. For nothing. Literally. For nothing. Um, And I guess sidebar, but still kind of the same thing. Like, there's literally enough room out here for everyone to be successful. Yes. So, the rat yes. race really is unnecessary. It is. Like, it really is. Pick your lane. That you know is like your God-given. Like, this is what I'm here to do. And for people who have a hard time deciphering what that is, when you are doing what you enjoy, it never really truly feels like a job. It yes. doesn't feel like work. Even on days that are tougher than others, it doesn't... You don't resent it. I think we were saying um, the last time we had this conversation, like, you don't get up in the morning and dread that you have to do it. You know, like you don't dread it. You don't feel like, I hate this. If you are able to say, I hate my job, like you could say it without flinching, like straight face, I hate my job, then that should say something to you. Yeah. So, but when you don't feel that way and you enjoy what you're doing, if you enjoy cooking, if you enjoy um, writing, writing, if you enjoy educating others, like these are ways that you find out what your life path is Mm -hmm. and what you're able to do that, you know, with ease without Mm -hmm. feeling like you're so depleted. Right. So like you were saying, like that purpose, finding out like what you're, what you're here for is sacred. Like it's not, it's not meant to be wasted on trying to live up to this standard that's not even real when it comes to success. Not even real. It's not real. Fraudulent. Very much fraudulent and... Very rented. (laughs) Very borrowed. Very much borrowed. Um, The way the workplace and the way jobs are viewed now changing due to COVID and the world pausing. It's like technology really really got even bigger and more like 
it's like, wow, I've been, from a company standpoint, I'm paying for this building, this brick and mortar when I don't even need it. Yeah. All I have to do, like, you got your own Wi-Fi. I don't yep. have to pay Wi-Fi for the whole building. You can do Wi-Fi from home. You don't have a laptop. Okay, it's better for me to send you a laptop than for me to finance a whole office worth of supplies. So it's like, yeah. jobs are changing. Like, everything is becoming more virtual. So people are able to to work from home. So the way the workplace is supposed to be is changing. Even before the pandemic, things were already starting to change when it comes to how, um, you know, how we work. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember a few years ago when I went into, I can't remember what fast food restaurant I was, but instead of going up to the cashier, taking my order, they had a kiosk. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking then, like, like, you know, people are really starting to be replaced. Not starting, but it's it's happening. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the pandemic, I feel like companies are really looking, like you said, you know, the brick and mortar is really not needed. Right. You know, people have gotten so comfortable with ordering things online. Mm -hmm. And then you have what's going on right now where a lot of people, things are starting to open back up, but a lot of people are so afraid to even leave their houses. They're like, well, why, why do I need to leave my house anymore? I can just order stuff. But with all that being said, if you don't have your, whatever it is that you were put on this earth to create, if you're not working in that, if you're not building it, building that already, then whatever job that you have, if you get replaced, what do you have to fall back on? Right. Um, you know, you can't keep putting it off. It can't keep, the excuse can't always be, well, I'm trying to save up more, or I'm trying to, you know, now's not the right time. Like, the time is now. The time is always now in the present moment. So, you know, for all the creatives or, you know, entrepreneurs listening, even if you're, even if you do have your foundation laid out and you're still, like, tiptoeing around because you're afraid or whatever the case may be, like, now is really not the time to be afraid yeah. of anything. Now is the time to really put yourself out there regardless, you know, because mm -hmm. any moment, at any given moment, your employer can come to you and say, you know what, like, we really don't need this department anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, and you had no idea that they were even planning to get rid of your department. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people have experienced that just in general, even before the pandemic. You know, they're thinking that they got it good. And then their department uh, supervisor comes to them telling them that, oh, well, you know, your jobs are being replaced now. We, we don't actually need physical people to do this job anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that's probably my biggest tip mm -hmm. is to really job. There's no such thing as job security. I don't. It should be called job insecurity, but <laughs> yeah, you know, there's really no such thing as job security. So. I mean, I really feel like a lot of people need to start phasing themselves out of the the standard model of how we work and how we live mm -hmm. and how we maintain our livelihoods. Because for one, it never worked to begin with. Um, and two, it's really not working now. It's especially not working now. Mm -hmm. You know, you have so many people that have been waiting for employment to be improved, uh, to, to be approved and 
I just found out one of my Facebook friends, she actually does have a business, but she just got her tax re refund from last year. Wow. Just received it due to, I don't know what was going on, but she just received it this year. And I'm thinking, can you imagine if she had just had just a regular nine to five and mm -hmm. she was relying on her, you know, that her, uh, her, her refund yeah. and you get it all a year later, a year later. And she was talking about, you know, good thing she doesn't actually need it, but still, like, it's yeah. your money. But imagine if she actually needed it. There's a lot of people that need money right now. And the yes. only thing that they have to rely on is the most recent job that they had. So, anyone that's listening, again, not trying to put pressure on anyone. I don't want to give anyone anxiety because I know what it feels like to look up and get up every day and you're like, oh, I need to hurry up and figure something out. Um, but it's not necessarily a, a rushing type of thing. It's not necessarily to put pressure on yourself, but it's more so to just, just be honest. I'm a firm believer that the truth shall set you free. Yeah. If you're honest with yourself, you can say, you know what? I may not be able to, um, make a whole lot of money right now to replace my job, but I can start making a little bit. I can put that away or I can reinvest it. And I feel like over time it adds up. I feel mm -hmm. like when you just start, you're not focusing on, you know, you're focusing on where you are right now. Mm -hmm. When you just before you start, you're looking at, oh my God, it just seems like so much. But when you finally start, you're focusing on what's right, right in front of you. Right. And the next thing you know, you look up and you're like, wow, look how far I've come. Like mm -hmm. I have so much, and I can finally transition from that nine to five. So. That was that was all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> well, still very good points. And again, that's why I wanted you to come on for this episode because I knew that there was some good gems people could apply to where they are now because now more than ever, I mean, almost every creative needs direction. You need to know like that you're going down the right path because again like we've been saying in so many different ways throughout this episode, you don't want to be burned out and look at how much time that you wasted somewhere where, you know, like all that energy that you poured into working so hard, you could have poured it into what you really want to do and still, of course, make that additional stream of income, not that only stream of income that I need in order to invest in. No, like you don't need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, this is a good episode. So everything happens for a reason. The first one we had again, y'all, it was it was just as good as this one, but the problem was that you could not hear it. <laughs> but I'm glad that we were able to do this. Before we end this episode, um, how can people find you if they want to shop your collection? You can find me on Instagram at shop L and clay. That's E L L E and spelled out C L A Y shop L and clay. Okay. And I'll put that in the details of the episode as well. So you know where to find her. So if you want something exclusive that you're not going to find in the stores, get your accessories and whatever else she creates from shop L and clay. Thank you. Cause I guarantee you, not going to be something that everyone can just order. 
Because some people want something and no one else has. Had, so right. If you want some really beautiful, exclusive, artistic pieces, shop Ellen Clay, like the name said. <laughs> Thank you again, Elle, for coming Thank on. Thank you. I enjoyed it. And for those of you that um, are not following me on Instagram, it's at Trills Talk with Sam Podcast. Follow me on there so you can stay up to date with any episodes or um, almost said appearances. I want to say appearances. What I meant to say was <laughs> <laughs> anything that I'm doing that relates to this podcast, you will definitely find it on there. Also, subscribe. Um, Definitely continue to do that. I'm thankful for everyone that listens, that shares the podcast, and supports it. Until next time.